Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should. On today's show, we're going to be drinking a straight rye whiskey from Tattersall Distillery coming straight out of Minnesota. But before we get to that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts app or iTunes or wherever you can do that. Ratings help people find the show. Reviews help us know what you like, maybe what you'd like to see different. And if you want to play a bigger part in what we do, you can visit patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. All right, Cole, I'm excited for this uh, this episode today because it's a whiskey that I chose. But before we get to all that, how are you, my man? Like, I want to know, did the offer get accepted? Um, that's basically what I want to know. Yeah, for sure. So it didn't. Uh, we, we even, like, went above the uh, asking price and, like, by, like, a reasonable amount um, to, to the, f- like, we were feeling pretty confident about it. Um, and then the next day we were like, nope, didn't get it. So I think it was pretty, um, pretty competitive, pretty highly regarded house. Um, that was like a bummer. And in fact, like it was hard for me. Um, it was more hard for me than it was Heather. And I think Heather even liked the house more than me, but like, I, I assume it's a good part of the house search process where, you know, in a way you latch on to the idea and just the hope behind a house, or at least I did. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I felt like. It wasn't so much the house; it was the the hope that went with it. It was just like, oh man, I can do this now. I can have, right. It, you know. It's yeah. it's all about it's not it's not the physical house. It's it's all of the emotional things that owning a home means. You exactly. Know? And and this so is going to be because like owning a home like that that's like the first step of like okay we're established and now we're gonna start making a family and and things like that so it, i i totally get it man yeah no 100 percent. and uh and so yeah i mean it's like i was like we can get a dog you know all these things so it was very emotional yeah. and it took me like a whole day to just be, like fully recover from like that hope deferred i guess um, but I assume it even won't be the last time that'll happen. So it's probably good practice before we get, you know, the house that might even and probably will be even better option than the one that we put an offer on. Uh, yeah. So, so that was kind of the big bummer. Um, but yeah, it's just part of the game at this point. I'm like, yep, we'll just find a better one. And we've been searching around. And so we still got time. Like our lease is up in January. So we're not in yeah. a huge rush, and we're willing to break the lease uh, if we need to. But yeah, it's been a good week. That at, at work this week, I was putting out fires. Um, something came up that was just like all of a sudden, like something I worked on and kind of completed uh, came like like reemerged and was like, "We're not done yet." And it wasn't exactly like my fault that like it was incomplete or something it was just like it needed revision after it went through a few like steps in the process and it was like crap so on monday i worked and and it's not nothing crazy but i i, I got into work at like six twenty or so and left work at five with barely any lunch at all um which isn't like that crazy i know a lot of people work a lot longer than that but i'm typically used to working just you know straight eight hours and then heading home at like three ish uh three or three thirty and um and so that was kind of hard and it was just like all right this needs to be done and the same thing happened on tuesday which i didn't expect to happen either 
Um, and I just had a lot of deadlines that like lined up. So I was like super stressed and that kind of thing like does stress me out quite a bit. Um, but I think in the end it turned out to be a great week at work, kind of finished all the deadlines and just felt really good by the end. So yeah. And then otherwise nothing too much going on. Uh, I find out my score for the exam in the next few weeks. Um, so either that means I'm going to start studying immediately after I get maybe potentially a fail grade or um, able to kind of plan out my um, next exam if I do get a pass. So that's kind of scary. Studying can really yeah. put a damper on life. Uh, but either way, I think <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. What about you? What's going on? Oh, man, life is good. Um, I, I've been sick uh for like a week now oh. and actually today's the first day that i've woken up and felt really good oh, that's good um uh before i tell you how i am i want to address something that has been going on in the last few episodes yeah um my audio is different than it used to be because my soundboard is broken and i am uh trying to get it fixed so right now I'm recording via the same thing that you used to record oh, yeah. uh, called the Zoom H5. Um, but there's a hum in the background of my audio because in the studio there is a mini fridge <laughs> and it hums occasionally. And my old setup would block out the noise. It didn't, it didn't uh, hear it at all. Um, but the problem with these uh, Zoom H5s is they use condenser microphones, so they pick up every noise in the room. And so I just, I've noticed it when I listen back to the episodes, and I just want to address it and say, hey, we're trying to make sure things get fixed. I don't have a closet to go into like Cole does. <laughs> um, so anyway, but yeah, life is good. Um, I, I had a really good week this week. Uh, work stuff has been really good. Uh, stuff that um, you you remember when I was being audited all the time when I was working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like for a long time, I was really struggling and like almost got fired. Yeah. Uh, so I'm back on audit because I'm learning something new, okay. and it's kind of been the same thing where I've really been struggling. And uh, this week, I only got I think two errors the entire week, which was really awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And then. Um, on Saturday, uh, we did, uh, um, we had our work outing, um, that I was on the, I was like on the committee to like plan it and execute everything. So it was, uh, we had a luau theme nice, and we had tons of barbecue stuff. I, uh, I made some stuff that I'll talk about later. Um, but it was really fun and, and we had a great time. Me and Ashley do a photo booth every year when we do the outing. So uh, that's cool. we brought like props and, and stuff and just got a lot of good pictures of, of great people. Um, on Friday this past week, I, uh, I was booked to perform in a comedy slash storytelling show called tragedy plus time equals comedy. And I told a story that, uh, that I call, word magic where i talk about how words um you you can manifest things i don't think words actually manifest physical things but uh that's the 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 gist of the story and uh it's it's really sad because it it ends up with a kid dying 
Um, but there's also some funny elements to it, and I'll I'll put one of those funny elements into this episode right here. The next song that comes on is is a song by the band U2, a song that came out in 1991, a little song called Mysterious Ways, which does have the lyric, on your knees, boy, during an instrumental part. And I looked at my wife when that happened, and I went, I have done this! I have manifested this moment out of nothing! I am magic! Don't you dare cross me! Because I will speak songs into existence. Honestly, guys, even telling this now, I feel amazing. I... I feel the tingles running through my... You watch out. I will speak a song into existence right fucking now if you don't, you know, look out. I just couldn't believe it. And honestly, I rode the high for like three weeks. So yeah, it, it was it was fun and it was funny. Cole, you'll have to listen back later when the episode uh, gets gets put up because you'll you'll hear the, the funny bit there. Yeah. Um, but it was tons of fun, and it just kind of like reminded me that like performing is really fun. You know, yeah. I do the Madison Story Slam thing, but that's something I put on, mm-hmm. and uh, it w- it was just fun to be a part of somebody else's show. And so I think I want to start doing that more. And then, um, by the way, this has been the busiest weekend of my entire life. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, today, I uh, I am singing do you remember a few months ago when i sang two songs for the hospice center yep i do so that was in a different uh city and the same hospice center has a a thing here in madison as well and they do a ceremony every year and so they hired me to do that one so i'll sing two more songs and get paid three hundred dollars today which is just the best thing in the world yeah um everyone wins and uh I sold uh, I sold some uh, camera stuff. I sold uh, the two worst cameras that I have. Not worst, but just you know, I have one really good video camera, and then I had two not so good video cameras. I sold those cameras uh, this weekend and made like three hundred bucks on that. That's awesome. And uh, I think I'm selling most of my live streaming stuff because I think we're going in a different direction with that, mm. and uh, hopefully I can get some good money for that and. Uh, do some upgrades with some other stuff. So I, I don't know, man. Uh, my my weekend has been busy, but like I've been really good. I just I feel good and life is good. Um, but now let me tell you about what I made yesterday for our luau. Oh, nice. Uh, we do we do for the outings. We do a uh, uh, like a cook off every year. So people there's prizes that oh, people cool. win. I and so it was bar like luau themed so barbecue stuff so Cole do you know what a sous vide is Yes I do yeah it's one of those like uh warm up your thing to the perfect temperature Right so I don't know if you said sink or thing but yeah you thing, you fill yeah. like a like a bucket with water and and you you put your sous vide in there and for listeners a sous vide is just like this cylinder thing that sits in the water and clips on the edge of the bucket and what it does is it sucks in water and heats it up and so it's like preheating an oven and and it gets the water to a specific temperature and it just continually circulates it to keep it at that temperature 
and uh, it's really great. So then, then you take your meat or whatever you're cooking, you put it in a Ziploc bag or one of those like special bags that like they you can like run through a machine and it sucks all the air out. Mm-hmm. But you you get it sealed and you you add like butter, any seasoning, some herbs, whatever. And you throw it in this this bucket full of water so then it cooks at an even temperature. And uh, the key to a good sous vide meal is you cook on lower temperature um, for longer periods of time. So like I've made steak with sous vide and um, they're so juicy and succulent and just like, I don't know, it's amazing. So yesterday morning I woke up extra early. Uh, I had bought... Uh, like 10 chicken thighs and prepared them. I, you know, I put salt and black pepper, garlic and rosemary on them and kind of did like a rub with them. Got them into four different uh, uh, Ziploc bags. Then, because it's barbecue, I added a little bit of barbecue sauce into the bag, but not too much because you don't want to cook with a lot of barbecue sauce. You uh-huh. just add it for some of the flavor. And then at the last minute, I had the thought of, I'm going to add whiskey to each bag. And I chose a very specific whiskey that reminds me of barbecue flavor. Cole, can you guess what whiskey I would have added? Jack Daniels Barrel Proof? No, that doesn't taste like barbecue. Wait, let me think. I had the... Colonel Tiller Rye. Go ahead. No. <laughs> All right. The wild turkey long branch because oh, it's filtered yeah, yeah, with yeah. mesquite coals. <laughs> and dude, it was so good. Really? It, like, I I think some of the best chicken that I have ever had. What what I really liked about it, um, you know, I I've done garlic bourbon chicken before, but just never like this. Yeah. But what I really liked about it is because of that sous vide process, and it just cooks in those juices for so long. Every single bite of chicken tasted like whiskey. Oh, that's like it, not not it didn't just straight up taste like whiskey, but it had that whiskey influence in it, and it was so good. Everybody who tried it was like, "Yeah, I can definitely taste that whiskey in it. Like it it tastes really really good." I didn't win the cook-off, but I won it in my own heart. I can tell you that much. Oh, that's great. I always always love those competition kind of things. Yeah. So then last night, I I was hungry, and uh, we didn't have any leftover chicken, so I went to the store and bought some chicken tenderloins. Did the same thing, all of the same ingredients, but instead of Long Branch, I did Eagle Rare 10, and it was still pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. Which one was better? Uh, the Wild Turkey Long Branch. Nice. I'm glad it goes to good use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I yesterday morning when I was getting prepared to do all that, you know, I walk into my office where I have, you know, I've got a 40-bottle collection in this in this office right now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, which, which whiskey here will I not mind, you know, using a, you know, a good portion of to cook with? And like I went through every single one. I was like, man, no, I don't want to. I almost did uh, Four Roses Single Barrel Barrel Strength, the OESQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, no, I love that whiskey so much. And the the and then I almost did Whistle Pig because it's not a whiskey that I'm a super huge fan of. Um, but then I was like, no, but I I don't really like the taste of that, so yeah. I don't want it to be on my meat. And then I was like, Long Branch. 
I didn't mind this whiskey. It was it was all right. And then I remembered that mesquite coal uh, aspect of it. And I was like, that would be great with barbecue. So that's the one I went with. So that is awesome. No, that, I love that yeah. kind of stuff. I love marinating in like, yeah, yesterday I made a, I guess it doesn't count, but yeah, like I, I'll like add it to meat and stuff. Or even like I did a bourbon salt the other day where I like, um, took some really a quality salt. salt yeah and then i like uh mixed it with bourbon and then let it slowly dry and it's really good for like uh rubs and stuff like that yeah it's pretty nice cool. yeah so yeah i uh so so after our last episode where we had uh oh what did we drink last week uh, uh, old, was it old ezra that's right old ezra right um I uh, I I'm really terrible about rinsing out my glasses, so I just left my glass in here, and it you know the whiskey evaporate the liquid ev- evaporates. Yeah, and and then the glass has like almost this like powder mm-hmm. residue in the bottom. Yeah, and I had an idea of like letting a bunch of whiskey evaporate to like make this powder that you could add to seasonings and stuff. But you'd have to spend a shit ton of money on whiskey to get enough powder to even do like, you know, just one rub for like a rack of ribs. But I guess that I don't is know. true. Yeah, yeah, you need a lot. I think your 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 way is easier, where you add the bourbon to uh, something already and just let it dry that way. But um, all right, that is enough of the BS time. Cole, tell us what we're drinking today. Today we are drinking a Minnesota whiskey. Uh, it's from uh, Tattersall, and it is their straight rye, and it is 50% alcohol by volume, 100 proof. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, you you haven't had it, right? Never had it. I took a sniff, uh, but that's about it. Yeah, I, um, I'm excited about this one just because it's something that I chose for us at total random you know i was in minnesota and saw that it was a local uh distillery and just went and got a bottle um so yeah i'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it um and and i'm actually really interested in what kind of background or history that you've got um that'll be interesting to me so but before we get to all that coal what do you say we take just a quick break Back from break, and as you heard Cole say before the break, we're going to be drinking Tattersall uh, Straight Rye Whiskey. It's a uh, it's a uh, distillery from Minnesota, and hopefully, Cole, you were able to find out some information about this distillery, about this whiskey, and uh, hopefully, you'll be able to fill up some time and fill up our minds with information. Yeah. So it's funny, normally when I do research, I have a lot more information on the distillery as opposed to the, the whiskey bottle in particular. It's opposite this time. Like, I feel like I got a decent amount of research put into this, but more of it's on the bottle as opposed to the distillery. But right. Tattersall Distilling, based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, named after um, a fabric pattern, uh, which is actually, if you look at the bottle itself, it has a Tattersall pattern on it. It's almost like a plaid or a, or a gingham uh, style, uh, but it's kind of right. like a cross. I don't even know what the, like, there's like, you know, a pattern of, of up and down 
It's probably the worst way I could ever explain it. But look it up, Tattersall. Um, yeah, or just go to our Instagram page. There'll be a picture up of the uh, of the label. Yeah, exactly. Um, not a ton of detail on distillery history. Even on their website, I couldn't find much. But they're known for a plethora of distilled spirits, ranging from... Real quick, Cole. Uh-huh. Real quick, let me, let me ask you. Uh, when we do smaller distilleries like this... Do you rely solely on what you can find online or do you ever do you ever reach out and try and get a hold of the distillery for some information from them? You know, I think that's something I should do, especially for those micros. It would probably help them out a little bit. Um, mostly I rely mm-hmm. on the internet. Um, but I think in I the think future it would also that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, for sure. I think it would also help us out quite a bit because if you tell this distillery, hey, we're getting ready to review this product – uh, can you tell me about you and, and the history of the, the distillery and about the drink? Then they're aware of the show and they might go and listen and become fans of the show. And then when the when our uh, episode comes out, they'll share it. Um, and then also they they might be like, oh, here's here's this other whiskey that we have. You guys should review that, too. That's a great idea. Did you see we got uh, on Instagram? We got hit up by the, the global brand ambassador for Glenn Grant. No. Yeah, well, it was in a comment, and he's like, yeah, if you need any input for your episode, let me know. So I'm totally going to hit him up now. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's a great point, and I think that'll be my uh, status running forward, especially for the micros, but I might even reach out to some of the larger distilleries in terms of just like a little extra history there. For sure. I mean, like, uh, not to, you know, interrupt your portion of the show mm-hmm. that you do, but like... uh you know, I, I'm still, man, I, I am still riding high mm-hmm. on the fact that Colonel Taylor, that Buffalo Trace sent us Amaranth. Like, yeah. I, I just think that's like the coolest thing. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes I look at our numbers on the show and honestly, each episode really only averages about 100 listens, um, which... Uh, to be honest with you, is not enough. Uh, I put more time into this show than than uh, than a hundred listens uh, pays off on. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But when I think about the stuff that we've been able to do, even with a, a smaller audience, I'm just like, there's no way I could abandon this show. Like, a, a, it's too much fun. I love hanging out with Cole. But B, all the cool stuff that's happened especially in the last like two months. So I think we're on the upswing and I think we should definitely be more involved with other distilleries. So anyway, let's get back to Tattersall. No, yeah, totally agree. Anyway, um, yeah, they're known for like a, a bunch of distilled spirits uh, ranging from gin to orange crema. Um, lots of awards. Uh, none uh, thus far for any whiskey they've made. But then again, this is their only whiskey. Uh, they have dozens of products and this is the only whiskey it's their straight rye co-founded by a few people a guy named dan oski or oski uh john and michelle kreidler and their distillery manager is a guy named bentley gilman and uh so that's basically all i got for the distillery but i got a lot for the uh, bottle itself so they actually gave decent description uh, on their website and i saw it a few other places but uh, Tattersall claims this is a Monongalia Gahela. It's really yeah. Crazy. I would I would say Monongahela, Monongala. Yeah, Monongala. 
but it is yeah so, it's it's a very weird word <laughs> yeah and it's based on the monagla river uh which is in pennsylvania and uh, pennsylvania especially was known as one of the uh epicenters of rye especially back in the day maybe late 1700s early 1800s um they claim that the monagla um style is characterized by a high rye recipe with maybe a tiny bit of barley, uh, usually aged on the younger side. I've never I, heard of that I'm style. Gonna, I, I'm going to interrupt you mm-hmm. because the bottle says that it's distilled from 100% rye. Oh, no, no, yeah. That is, that is this bottle is 100%. But they say that style, it might have a little barley. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... um I've never, like, until I did this research, I had never heard of that river, and I had never heard of that style. But then I started to, like, do some research, and it was actually pretty cool, like, looking into that style and a contrast of two rye styles. So the other contrasting style was the Maryland-style rye. And apparently, you know, like, they're they're touching states, and they, they kind of have, like, I think the the biggest thing is that in Pennsylvania and Maryland, rye grain is very easy to grow as opposed to corn. Uh, corn is known as like basically like Kentucky and like West, uh, especially like things like uh, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, even like uh, the, the Midwest in general is really known for their corn production. But Pennsylvania and, and Maryland and like Virginia and all that area um, aren't known. Yeah, they're just it's not as easy to grow corn there. Uh, but rye is a big deal, and that's why Pennsylvania used to be especially this epicenter of rye. And there's a really cool story of why Pennsylvania got out of the rye business, and it has a lot to do with the Whiskey Rebellion, which I've talked about a little bit on the past, but I would love to like one day kind of get really into the Whiskey Rebellion and how that really impacted whiskey in general, especially rye whiskey. But I'll get into it yeah. another time. I'd never heard of Maryland style until I did research on this either. And I looked it up, and the Whiskey Wash uh, website has a really great article which showed me that Maryland rye was known for its sweeter and more delicate characteristics. Um, Pennsylvania, much more for its bolder and more robust characteristics. Uh, it's In this case, this bottle is a straight rye. Uh, so that means a few things. Uh, your basic rye rules say it's it needs to be at least 51% or more rye in the mash, aged in new charred oak, distilled to no more than 160 proof, and enters the barrels at no more than 125 proof. Uh, but in order to be a straight uh, rye, it needs to be aged at least two years and not blended with any other spirits or any other f- coloring slash fa- flavoring. Um, this They get their grain from Minnesota farms, so it's kind of all in the state, and the, even their casks are from a Minnesota oak cooperages. This is 80% unmalted rye, 15% malted rye, 100 proof. They use 30-gallon barrels, which is why I'm scared to try this. Uh, here's my opinion on small barrels. Um, or at least there's typically 53-gallon uh, barrels, and they're, you know that's the, that's the average American whiskey barrel. Um, when you go smaller, you have a lot more surface area. You can technically, uh, quote, uh, speed up the aging process. And But in my opinion, sometimes it works. 
and and you think of this like peak of of great whiskey and as if it were like a chart where it like hits a peak and then it eventually gets over oaked and just over soaked in for the wood um i figure the basically with smaller barrels you have a smaller window that that peak happens uh larger barrels you can get a little more um just give i guess in terms of the the perfect amount of oak um infusion and even just the aging um i get scared by smaller barrels i typically get flavors that like like notes like soapiness um the oak can be like just like this really soapy to me um i'm worried but i hope to be pleasantly surprised uh, that's just me some people love that small whiskey barrel uh taste uh doesn't look to be aged any more than the minimum two years but two years is pretty awesome for a micro distillery total wine price if you can get it within that like minnesota midwest area which they're trying to expand from you can get it for 35 dollars at total wine so that's uh that's all i got for the uh history but uh ready nice. to ready to dig deep into this all right well let me uh let me pop the cork real quick Ooh. I was, have you uh, have you poured already? I'm pouring now. I was talking to my uh, friend John, and he's a listener. And shout out to John Montero. Um, he was like, "You guys got a little bit. You know what ASMR is? Yeah, he, we got a little bit of that going here. Uh, while I pour this, we'll get a little bit of. Hey, listen, glug glug glug. If if you uh, <laughs> listen, listeners, you could hear the glug 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 of my little sample bottle. Actually, I got to pour a little more. All right. Um, but he thought that was kind of funny. When we do like the cork pop and when we pour and add ice, it's almost like an ASMR I'm, video. I'm glad that you brought this up because I need to talk to you about yeah. something. So the the system that we use to record, both of us now, the mm. Zoom H5s, there are two microphones at the end, right? Yeah, that's right. You have a tendency to turn your head to either side quite a bit. And oh, really? I know this because when I listen to your audio, you'll suddenly go from stereo to just the left side or just the right side. Oh, no. And I I always mean to text you and do this not on the air. But since you brought up ASMR, I'm going to say <laughs> you need to focus on keeping your mouth straight at both microphones. <laughs> I can I can appreciate that. No, no, I will so, do that. I will focus on that now. It'll be good. It's not usually a big deal cuz like even I do it uh like I'll I'll turn away for like, you know, three words or whatever. Um but yeah. like sometimes you'll go on like <laughs> like, I'll, like lean to the three side. minute streaks of oh, no. like only one side and I'm like, "Call! Come on." No, nah, that's good for me to know. Yeah. What do you think of the nose uh, on so, this? I haven't I haven't smelled it yet. What okay. are you What are you thinking? I am worried. Um, it, that, <laughs> do, that's, do you think it smells too oaky? Too soapy, too oaky. Um, it just I mean there is that that micro small barrel smell to it, and it's it's just I want to say it's like almost like sour, but I know the palate's not going to be like sour, but it's just. Uh, I don't know how to fully explain that soapy besides soapy and, and just like weird oaky. It's not like this oaky of like an aged, like a super aged, uh, normal, like barrel, uh, bourbon or rye. It's, 
It is potent, though. It's like really strong flavor. I mean, nose especially. Yes, it, it is very spicy on the nose. Spicy's and I will word. also say this is the very first uh, whiskey that I can agree with you that, that the soapy note makes sense to me. Yeah. It, like I, I picked that up quite a bit. Yeah. So it, it's potent. Like, And it's not potent in like a, a, a bus to your face way. It's more of like potent in like a stab you as opposed to a punch you. I don't know. that that right. I hope that makes sense to our listeners, but. No, for for sure it is. It's a dagger. Now I we, I've said this before. It's not a blunt object. Yeah. It's a dagger. No, that that's very much what's going on here. I'm gonna go for the sip, um, real quick. Sure. Uh, as far as color goes, uh, it's it's a uh, you know ry- I feel like ryes tend to be darker, and uh, this one is uh, fairly dark, and uh, but it's got a nice color to it. It it looks it looks good. Um, and I, uh, I am drinking from uh, the Denver and Lily glass that we got a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Cole, I don't know what you're drinking from. Samesies. Yep, loving it. I'm a. I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, I'm gonna continue to drink from this glass uh, up through the, our next week's episode. Uh, but after that, I'm not gonna mention it anymore, mm. whether I'm drinking from it or not, because Denver and Lily, yes, they gave us these glasses. I think that's worth mentions in three episodes, but uh, if if Denver and Lily wants to continue to be talked about on the show, they're going to have to pony up some uh, some sponsorship uh, <laughs> for that. So, but we do we do thank Denver and Lily for the glasses. You can check them out at denverandlily.com. They are great glasses. They're really classy. Uh, I really enjoy the heft. Mm. Let me before we before I know you just took a sip, and so I don't want to um, tramp over your notes for no, your go sip, for but. It. What do you think uh, about this glass compared? I know we asked, uh, we compared it to the the Glencairn, but what do you think compared to the the? What did I get you for Christmas? Oh, the uh, Rock Heavy Tumbler, R A U K. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. I I think I would like in terms of the podcast, I would probably more so drink the Denver and Lily because I feel like. I, I typically do the um, rock heavy tumbler for cocktails nowadays. Um, right. I like both. Um, but I feel like this, especially with the shape of the, um, I guess, the rim and like how it tapers in, uh, I prefer this for like nosing and tasting. Um, but I, I kind of, if I were to like buy one or the other, I'd probably buy the rock heavy tumbler. But in terms of like, that's only because I own so many nosing and tasting um glasses including you know these now um but there's just something about that other the the rock heavy tumbler that's really good for cocktails i probably wouldn't really use the denver and lily glass for cocktails just because no it's delicate and it's um and it's like hand-blown glass and like classy in that way so i think er, right this is it's really meant, good it's for, meant for what we're using it for exactly so i'm gonna be I wouldn't bring the rock heavy tumbler on the show because it's not great in terms of that, but I use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tell me what you thought about your sip while I take a sip. Okay. I hate, I don't like this because, and, and I don't like what I'm about to say (laughs) because I don't like to bash whiskeys, but I did take a sip and did a full body convulsion. Uh, uh, not yeah. a full body, but I did like a. I okay here. Let me let me defend Tattersall. You made a rye whiskey. 
you aged it and grew like like got it yourself. You did a bunch of great things. I would probably love this if it were fifty three gallon barrels. But these the it's it's that typical small barrel taste to me and it's kinda tearing me up inside because that soapiness is there. Um Yeah. I don't get the soapiness so much on the palate. Do you um, like it? Let me take another sip here real quick. It's very sweet. Ugh. I'm so sorry, Tattersall. I don't like this. I and that's okay. You're you're allowed to not like it. I I would not buy this for thirty five dollars. I would not buy this for fifteen dollars. Um, I you know I think I, I I don't think this is a great whiskey to sip. Yeah. Um, on the finish, I for sure that soapiness comes back, but just on the palate, um, it's not there for me. It's very hot, but not in a good way on the palate. Yeah. Um, it is, it's kind of a struggle, honestly. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get through it. I did just drop some water in there. A few drops. Um, Yeah. I just, I just did two drops. The nose is worse. Um, I'm I'm proud of them for going a hundred proof. Um, that's pretty good for you know a, their first whiskey to get you know above ninety proof is like really cool. I'm happy for them in that way. I think the nose is better. It added a little chocolate for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I do like the the palate a little better with water. So that makes me intrigued what ice will do to this. Um, it cooled it down, did add a little chocolate, did add a little like fruity, almost like a bubble gummy, but not too strong. Um, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the palate didn't change too much for me. I think it was a little more palatable. It was easier to take. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to drop a cube while you do that. I will do some straight up ASMR with my drop a cube. Ooh. So fancy. I should start whispering. I tried to do some ASMR, but it didn't it didn't really make a great sound. So. <laughs> yeah, it um it doesn't I wonder I bet it's chill filtered. Or no, I am seeing a little oh. bit of that swirliness in there. Yeah, but it's it, I mean it's not clouding up a whole ton. Yeah. It's kinda sure. hard to tell in these glasses to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, you gotta put it in that like that, that crevice area to get a better view. Right. Yeah, because it's a uh, for those who haven't seen it yet on like our Instagram or anything, it's kind of a wide base, uh, so it's harder to get a, a view from the side. I think uh, the nose is just about dead to me now. Hmm. Ugh. I don't like this. I like this less than this. I'm sad to say this will get my lowest grade oh, yet. Oh my! Oh my lord! Oh my lord! What do you think? You know, uh, so you grew up in Philly, right? That's right. Yep. Is Philly a place that has basements? Like, do houses have basements yep. in Philly? Yeah, it was typical there. You know, like uh, your winter clothes versus summer clothes. 
Yeah, that 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 uh, like the smell of it being in well, the just basement. Just let me let me let me. Hey hey, let me <laughs> get to the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know when winter is over and you you have a box uh, uh, that's specifically designated for your winter clothes, and it gets stored in the basement. So it could be jackets, it could be certain types of pants and sweaters. Yep. Specifically, like a wool sweater. This, when the ice got added, it tastes the same way that a wool sweater that had been forgotten in the basement for a couple of years. You finally find it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this 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 sweater. I like this one." And as you put it on, you breathe through your nose, and you get that kind of musty smell. That was the same exact taste that I had when I drank that with ice in it. That is a hundred percent. Nailed it. A note. Yeah. Yeah, like, it I, I, It reminds me, now that you mentioned that, I had this trunk, uh, like this, like, nice, um, you know, like, a shipping trunk, uh, like, a, almost like one of those nice ones you saw on, I don't know, like a trunk. And uh, right. we used to put our blankets in there, and it just developed this smell in there. And uh, we did our best to kind of, like, clean it out and even, like, uh, lacquer the inside so it could, you know be a little bit more fresh smell but that smell still came out of the blankets we put in there and you absolutely nailed that note yeah it's a uh, it's i'm gonna go ahead and say just like uh across the board this is not a good whiskey i agree this is so yeah with the long branch the wild turkey long branch that had like to me and, and maybe not so much adam this that had a a, a sweaty rag smell and taste but especially smell to it this is ah, i i i'm ashamed but not not i'm not ashamed i feel bad but i don't feel bad this is not something i would ever buy ever you know i i think cole um you know early on in the in some of the test episodes we were a little harsher towards stuff that we didn't like or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then we got some advice that said you know really watch yourselves and like don't don't insult you know members of the whiskey community yeah and i think that i think that we have taken that advice a little too far and i think that we're we're afraid to really be honest about uh specific things um i'm gonna go ahead and tell listeners that black maple hill rye whiskey is the worst (laughs) whiskey i have ever ever had in my entire life i actually think it's it yeah, ta- black maple hill is worse than this yes it tastes like a sweaty gym bag that's been left in a locker for 10 years i mean it is gross yeah. i'm 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 just okay saying that because you know what i happen to know that black maple hill makes other whiskeys that are great yeah they do they very much you know, do and and I bet you that some of the other spirits that Tattersall makes are great. I agree. It just so happens that this one is not a winner. It, it, it's 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 no um, coincidence that on the bottle for this whiskey they they put a tag on there and say, "Oh, we've won this award. We've won this award. We've won this award." But it's not awards for whiskeys it's awards for other things or just as a distillery listen 
Tattersall, great job. You, you you tried something. Yeah. Uh, that's something that Cole and I think is important to get out there and try something. Don't just source shit. Like, get out there, start making whiskey. That's how you learn. That's how you eventually make a great whiskey. This is your first step in making a great whiskey. This whiskey is not great. Yeah. But. So, I you know, man, I just, I just think from here on out, like, we just need to... We we can't just like dance around it. Like if we think something is trash, we just need to say, yeah, th- you know what? This is kind of trash. Yeah. And I would love if Tattersall, if you're listening right now, proud of you guys. Like I I really mean that. You made and sourced your own, not sourced. You you like Minnesota grain, uh, Minnesota oak, all that stuff. I. The only, I mean, like you could make this product great if you added, if you just got a little bigger barrels. That's that's my opinion. I might be wrong, um, but I really do think if you got some bigger barrels, that would like extremely improve this product. You know, I'm trying to think, Cole. Have we ever had another whiskey that's 100% rye? Uh, yeah, we had the uh, the first episode. We had. Um, the um well two things um yeah the first episode we had uh whistle pig uh old world normally whistle pig yep. was an mgp product but specifically this one was a canadian product and they had a hundred percent rye recipe so i i'm gonna i'm gonna exclude that from from my point here because that's finished in sherry casks the other so there, one there's an mm-hmm. yeah the other one was uh lot 40 cast strength i believe that was a hundred percent rye uh, recipe yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I I um I think they need to age this maybe a little longer and I think you're also right that um it, if they had it in the full barrel sized it would it would make a huge difference. Yeah. It's it's so. worth the difference. So uh the all important question Cole, what uh what are you thinking as far as a rating goes? Um like I've said I I would never buy this bottle. Um, and I would give it probably a 2.8. Wow. That's, that's more than I thought you would give it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's worse and I know there's worse. I know there's worse too, man. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. Mm -hmm. I would be interested in, in having some cocktails made with this. Yeah. Uh, just to see if maybe this is a cocktail whiskey and not a sipping whiskey. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I you know I think that's something we should consider with all of our lower score things. Is that you know sometimes things that don't taste good alone can add something in a mix that that makes it taste better. But but as it is right now, yeah. I would give this a 1.5. Okay. I gotcha. Which I believe is the lowest score we've ever given. I think so. I do think so. So, it's not it's not good. No. Uh, and and I'm sorry to say it, but yeah. it's just not. So. Yeah. Uh, hey Cole, do you know what we're drinking next week? Yeah, next week we are drinking 1792 uh sweet wheat. And that is Sweet a wheat. Barton product uh, owned by Sazerac, and this will be our first 1792 on the show. And there's a good there's a good yeah, few and, options there. 
And that's a that's a sample that was given to us by uh, our dear friend Caleb. That's right. At the Bourbon Banjer on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So go check him out. And big thanks to Caleb for that one. Um, any any last words about the Tattersall Rye? Yeah, I think there's hope um, for the for the whiskey of the distillery. But this was bad. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think, uh, like I said in my rant, this was a good first step. And when I say good, I don't mean that it's good. I just mean that the fact that you took a first step in whiskey, that's good to me. Like, like, I don't know, part of of succeeding is failing before you succeed. Absolutely. Take take this for what it is and and move on to moving towards succeeding. So yeah. uh, that is the tatters all right, and uh, look forward next week to doing the sweet wheat from seventeen ninety two. All right, well now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, where we read an article. Uh, you know what? It's just time for whiskey world news. That's right, Whiskey World News, the part of the show where we take an article we find online, we read it, we tell you where it's from, we don't want to take credit for it, and we tell you the author, all that stuff. We want to credit everybody who's associated with it, but uh, we'll read it and talk about it. Um, and uh, Cole, give me one second because my, uh, my headphones are about to die, okay. and I need to switch here. One second here. You talk about something quick, Cole. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the future, uh, episodes. I've gotten a few bottles lately. Uh, one was a, um, four roses barrel proof. And I want to put it on the show, even though we've already done a four roses, single barrel barrel proof. This recipe is very different. It is the, uh, OESF this time, as opposed to the OESQ that we've had in the past. Um, I've, I got it at a uh, liquor store. Uh, it was called star liquor in, uh, Phoenix. And then I'm excited. I also got a Weller Special Reserve recently. Um, I talked about the Glenn Grant. We're going to put that on the show. So we got a lot of great episodes, even after the ones we've already mentioned we're going to add. We have lined up quite a few. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. You know, you sent me that text yesterday about the the Four Roses and asked if I was interested. Yeah. I, I was in the middle of my work outing and I was like, I don't have time to even look at what this is. Yeah. I just I, I just know I don't have money to spend on shit right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel so, it. Um All right, so uh you know, the reason my headphones died, Cole, is we we have gone an extra uh, amount of time. We our uh, our first part of the show went extra long. Nice. I think we went a full fifteen minutes before we actually got into the whiskey, so and we're normally at about ten. Huh. Um but yeah, as I said, this is Whiskey World News. We're going to read this article. It's a very short one. I'm glad I chose a short one since we're a little bit over time. Um, and uh, it's something we've actually talked about before. It's just something I'm very excited about. So I wanted to talk about it again. Today's article comes from, this is kind of a weird website. It's not www. So it's the no, K-N-O-W, the no.denverpost.com. Huh. And uh, the title, or I'll tell you who it's written by, written by Allison Reedy. And uh, Allison has titled the article, PBR has chosen Denver as the launch market for PBR whiskey. Huh. Is that a compliment? 
And then the subtitle is Pap's first foray into spirits Spirits is aged five seconds. So, Cole, you know, we've talked um, ad nauseum about this whiskey, and I'm just excited about it. It was supposed to come out during the summer, and I guess it's technically still summer for a little while here. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking this was going to be coming out in, like, June or July. Uh, I definitely didn't think... It would be this late. So here we go with this article from theno.denverpost.com. Denver has had some notable firsts in its 161-year history. It was the first place to trademark the cheeseburger and the first American city to decriminalize hallucinogenic mushrooms. Now it has one more eminent event to add to that list. It will be the first city to taste Pabst Blue Ribbon Whiskey. Yes, PBR whiskey is a thing, and we're the first to get it. The five-second aged whiskey will be released in select markets across the country later this summer and fall. But of all the places in America, PBR chose Denver to first glean what we can only imagine will be a truly magical elixir, or something like that. Whether compliment or insult, Denver earned the whiskey's debut because of good distributor relationships and fortuitous timing, according to representatives for the brand. PBR Whiskey officially launched this week at a party at the Recreative Denver Gallery, but it won't be available to consumers until later this month. Oh, and now we finally get a price point for this whiskey. Awesome. Awesome. Bottles will go for $25.99, although prices may vary slightly depending on the retailer. Believe it or not, and the correct answer is believe it, this is PBR's first foray into spirit making. Find where it will be sold near you on PBR's website, papsblueribbon.com. So again, very short article, something we've talked about already several times, Um, but... uh, you know, I wanted to read this article specifically because finally we're going to see it. I mean, I think the first time we talked about this was like February or March. Yeah. And uh, they said it would be out by summer, and, and summer is ending, and it hasn't been out yet. So I wanted to read this to say to listeners, hey, it is coming. You should go find it when it comes. Because uh, for sure, it says select markets, but like for sure, Wisconsin's going to get it. I can't imagine Wisconsin won't get this. Yeah, especially when it's uh, made. There. And I know, right? And I know. Well, it's not made in. I don't think it's made in Wisconsin anymore, man. Oh, really? Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. I I I know that uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon's like corporate office is in California. Now. Oh, really? But I don't know if that means that's where they're producing beer. I, I, maybe they're still producing in Milwaukee. Ooh, I, ooh. I really don't know. I remember we talked about the article, and they were doing uh, something with uh, New Holland. So it might very well be made in uh, Michigan. Right. That's right. Because they're, they're teaming up with New Holland for it. And mm-hmm. also the beer, uh, Paps Blue, Blue Ribbon Beer, is produced by Miller, I believe, actually. Which isn't that Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be, yeah, it would be made here. But I'm, uh, I, I bet you the the juice, the whiskey is made uh, by New Holland. So yeah, um, I, I'm just, I'm just excited about it, man. As you know, I, I, I drank a PBR as we recorded this episode. Mm-hmm. You, you know, my favorite beer is PBR, and so like I just, I couldn't be more excited to finally get my hands on this bottle. Um, 
I I want to do two things. I want to I want to buy at least two bottles of this, mm-hmm. and one I want to try, and the other I want to try aging like I did the other white whiskey huh, that I had. That's a good idea. So, and any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's gonna be a white whiskey, and you mentioned it just now, but it's I mean, like aging for five seconds. They're basically pouring it through a wood funnel that takes five seconds to go through. Um, yeah, like not not even just basically. That's admittedly what they yeah. that they have admitted. That's what they did. Yeah, I you know they they came out and and said specifically if it touches wood, it's whiskey. And like I don't agree with that, but yeah. you know I have some connections in Denver, and if it doesn't show up to Wisconsin soon, I can probably see if I can grab one. Um, that was the other reason that I specifically wanted to <laughs> read this article because yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, I know you've got Denver connections." So. Yeah, I'll look up on their website if they go to one of my favorite stores in the in the Denver area. Um, but I, I think it'll be it'll really be worth bringing on the show. Um, oh, for sure. But I don't know if I'll like it. I might like it better than Small Barrels. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, you know, some other things that uh, PBR has coming out is uh, they've got a, a strong seltzer coming out. Weird. Um, yeah, which is weird. Um, and then they've got a hard coffee out, huh. which is, again, weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, speaking of uh, hard seltzers, uh, my, uh, you know, Story Slam is uh, sponsored by Ale Asylum here in mm-hmm. Madison. And Ale Asylum just released a uh, a hard seltzer as well really? under a, a different name i can't i can't remember the name i'll come back next week with the name um but i i'm excited about that cole once again remind us what we're drinking next week next week we are drinking uh from the distillery barton uh we're drinking 1792 sweet wheat Awesome. Uh, hey, Cole, I hope that uh, this week you guys find a house that you absolutely fall in love with and that all of your dreams and hopes <laughs> can come true in. And uh, I hope you put in an offer and, and that it gets accepted, my man. Me too. All right. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. But most of all, I hope that our love of whiskey... Uh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> that our love of spirits... Lifted yours. 